Section eleven of the Boys and Girls Pliny, Volume Two by Pliny the Elder. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by phone. Book Four, Chapter Five: The Lion. I think that I ought here to make some further mention of Aristotle, seeing that upon these subjects I intend, in a great measure, to make him my guide alexander the great filled with a strong desire to become acquainted with the natures of animals entrusted the prosecution of this design to aristotle a man who held the highest rank in every branch of learning for which purpose he placed under his command some thousands of men in every region of asia and greece comprising all those who followed the business of hunting fowling or fishing or who had the care of parks herds of cattle the breeding of bees fish-ponds and aviaries in order that no creature that was known to exist might escape his notice by means of the information which he obtained from these persons he was enabled to compose some fifty volumes which are deservedly esteemed on the subject of animals of these i purpose to give an epitome together with other facts with which aristotle was unacquainted and i beg the kind indulgence of my readers in their estimate of this work of mine as by my aid they hastily travel through all the works of nature and through the midst of subjects with which that most famous of all kings so ardently desired to be acquainted it is a remarkable fact that pards panthers lions and other animals of this kind have retractile claws so that they can walk with the points of their nails concealed in a sheath in the pole thus preventing them from becoming broken or blunted the noble appearance of the lion is especially to be seen in the male who has the neck and shoulders covered with a mane the lion is the only one of all the wild beasts that shows mercy to the suppliant after it has conquered it will spare and when enraged it will vent its fury rather upon men than women and never upon children unless when greatly pressed by hunger it is the belief in libya that it fully understands the entreaties which are addressed to it at all events i have heard it asserted as a fact that a female slave who was returning from getulia was attacked by a number of lions in the forests upon which she summoned sufficient courage to address them and said that she was a woman a fugitive helpless creature that she implored the compassion of the most generous of animals the one that has the command of all the others and that she was a prey unworthy of their high repute and by these means effectually soothed their ferocity footnote although these stories of the generosity and clemency of the lion are in great measure fabulous still the accounts of those who have had the best opportunity of becoming acquainted with the character of different animals agree in ascribing to the lion less ferocity and brutality in proportion to its size and strength than to other animals of the same family End of footnote. there are various opinions on this point as to whether it is through some peculiar disposition of the animals or merely by accident that their fury is thus soothed by addressing them 
as to what is alleged too about serpents that they can be drawn from their holes by singing and thus be made to yield themselves up to death the truth or falsity of it has not by any means been satisfactorily ascertained the tail of the lion gives indication of the state of his feelings just as the ears do in the horse for these are the distinguishing signs which nature has given to each of the most generous of animals hence it is that when pleased the tail is without motion and the animal fawns upon those who caress him a thing however that very rarely happens for his usual state is that of rage he begins by beating the earth with his tail and as he becomes more furious he lashes his sides as if trying to excite himself his greatest strength is situated in the breast when his hunger is satisfied he becomes harmless the generous disposition of the lion is especially manifested in times of danger at the moment when despising all weapons he long defends himself solely by the great terror which he inspires starting up at last not as though constrained by danger but as if enraged by the mad folly of his adversaries this however is a still more noble feature of his courage however numerous the dogs and hunters may be that press upon him as he makes his retreat he comes to a stand every now and then upon the level plain while he is still in view and scowls contemptuously upon them but as soon as he has entered the thickets and dense forests he scours away at the swiftest possible pace as though aware that the place itself will shelter his shame when in pursuit the lion advances with a leap but he does not do so when in flight when wounded he discovers with wonderful sagacity the person who struck the blow and will find him out however great may have been the multitude of his pursuers if a person has thrown a dart at him but has failed to inflict a wound the animal seizes him whirls him round and throws him to the ground but without wounding him when the lioness is defending her whelps it is said that she fixes her eyes steadily on the ground that she may not be frightened at the spears of the hunters in all other respects these animals are equally free from deceit and suspicion they never look at an object obliquely and they dislike being looked at themselves in such a manner it is generally believed that when the lion is dying he bites at the earth and sheds tears at his fate powerful however and fierce as this animal is he is terrified by the motion of wheels or of an empty chariot and still more on seeing the crest or hearing the crowing of a cock but most of all is he afraid of fire the only malady to which the lion is subject is loss of appetite this however is cured by putting insults upon him by means of the pranks of monkeys placed about him a thing which rouses his anger and as soon as he tastes their blood he is relieved end of section 11 recording by phone